0: Speed slower, above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Guys, I'm really into things that add more convenience to my life. It's even better when it also comes with safety in a high quality package. I'm talking about my Eufy Video Lock Do it online. It's a 3-in-1 smart lock, 2K camera with an audio and doorbell. It's easy to install. It has fingerprint recognition. So I don't even have to remember a code. I can control it all in an app, which again, the convenience is such a big plus for me. This Eufy Lock is fantastic, and I highly recommend it. Search Eufy Video Lock online. That's UFI, Eufy, E-U-F-Y Video Lock, or visit eufyofficial.com backslash video lock to see how you can gain complete control of your front door. What's happening, guys? Happy Friday. And thank you for joining another special episode of Your Welcome. Islam versus Oliveira 2. What is different this time? And if you're ever doing a rematch, you have to ask yourself that question, right? I have been surprised. And guys, hey, I told you yesterday. You will never hear me speak of the way that I used to speak of Charles. And I never did that to be a jerk. Charles has been nothing but a gentleman to me. We have a mutual friend, Gabriel Checo. Very good friend to both of us right? So if Charles got a friend and I got a friend, right? It kind of makes us, so I, I've never looked to give him a hard time. I've just been here a long time. I, I've been here. I I, I, was, I fought on the card where he fought Jim Miller and he got submitted in the knee bar. I, I'm, just, I'm sharing with you to see somebody's growth is a little bit difficult. You kind of remember their career from every part that you saw. And I saw him lose eight times at different weight classes. Oh, by the way, sporadically getting beat by the scale. That just sounds like I, I put him down, doesn't it? No, I'm, I'm trying to explain for you. This is from my perspective because it is difficult to see growth. A guy's got the right to learn. He's got a right to mature. He's got a right to grow. Robbie Lawler would be the finest example I've ever seen. Robbie Lawler, it was going to be hell for five minutes. But if you get out of that first round, your chances of winning went up exponentially. If you could get out of the second round, you're probably going to win. I could go as that, that far with it you're probably going to win. If it's a finish, it was probably against you, right? Like there was just some numbers you could go with Robbie. He wasn't late fighter. He was first round fighter. And then late in his career, he makes a gym change. He switches some stuff up. Guys at ATTs talked about how disciplined he was with strength and conditioning. But the longer the fight went, the better Robbie was. And I stole that quote right there from Matt Brown. I saw that quote right there from Rory McDonald. So you you do see this, right? You you do see this now and again, where the guy gets better, but it's just hard to put your finger on. It's hard to give him credit for that. And when I look at Charles, see, this is very relevant though, guys. It's very, very relevant. What's going to be different? Okay, because if we're doing a promotion, it means we're doing a story. Rematches historically are very good. I also openly admit have underappreciated the star power of Charles Oliver. To to watch that Canadian crowd treat him the way that they treated him. When he's doing an interview in Portuguese and having right, the interpreter, you never hear a loud pop from the crowd when there's an interpreter. Sometimes you get some good words, you get a little bit of a message out for sure, but you don't get a loud pop from the crowd. They just don't give that kind of reception when it's in a language they don't speak and they're hearing a second time from a guy they don't want to hear from with a different tone and bass in his voice. Well, they did. They did for Charles. I got to give him that because ultimately we're just looking at, Right. What makes the most sense? What's going to be the best for business? That's what every, everybody needs here, particularly when you've got so many things that are equal. So what is going to be different this time? And that's important to answer because the first fight, there was nothing about it that calls for a rematch. There was nothing controversial. There was nothing competitive. And there's different ways to lose. But if you lose at your game, that is single-handedly... The worst way to lose, and I can't remember a time. I cannot remember a time in history where the rematch result was flipped when the first contest was a stoppage and with the guy's own game. What am I talking about? I'm just talking about groundwork. It's very different if Charles goes out there and gets knocked out. It's very different if he goes out there and gets wrestled and ground and pounded. When you get beat on the floor and you get submitted and you're the black belt in jujitsu, I mean, it's one of these things it's really hard to come back from. So if we can't answer that question, we have to give a very good look. Parody matters. We got to give a very good look to the Gaethje Poirier angle. Now, Gaethje, if he got a win, Gaethje, if he gets a win over Poirier, Gaethje for political reasons, is greatly aligned to make that happen. As long as it isn't given to Charles ahead of time, as long as Gaetjens can even get to the date with Poirier without this announcement coming in, he's fair game. And then you go look at Poirier, who doesn't have the same political. He is not going to be as good with the bureaucracy. But boy, that's that's Poirier. And if he wins, he's going to have the B.F.L. belt. And then you look at your parody, right? Parity has to matter. And if you're not going to put Poirier in there, then you're going to put him in the next time. Right? If you put Charles in for this and Poirier is the BMF belt and beating everybody, it will be the top right guy. You put him in the next time. So what difference does it make? What difference does it make if you put him in now? And I'm not leaning towards that, guys. I'm just creating a conversation with you because the most interesting thing that came out as far as was that a number one contender's battle? I'm talking about Darouche and Oliveira. Is the winner wasn't named the number one contender? Not yet. In fact, by the time you see this video, that might have changed because allegedly there's a meeting simultaneously with me making this for you in Las Vegas right now where they're going to decide that question. So he might, it might might get to that point. And I I think that you have a very hard time when the champion is waiting, the match is in October, each day is getting closer, and you the only fight that you would be looking at that possibly could relate, uh, replace this is going to be the bludgeoning of 2023. Gaethje and Poirier are not going to be returning to the ring in an extremely fast manner. They're going to be beaten up. I mean, this is a very aggressive match that they've got scheduled, so it would make sense, I think, to maybe pull Oliveira into that, but it hasn't been done yet. And the number one thing that will help Oliveira is if Poirier remains silent. Now, Gaethje spoke up on this. Gaethje said, if Benny loses and I win, I'll be fighting Islam. And if you understood, again, I, I referenced the bureaucracy and some of these other things, but if you, if you understood that, you would see that's probably a pretty powerful statement as long as that spot is still open. The spot in the dance card gets filled because Oliver moves up. We're all done talking here. But if Poirier comes out and did an interview today, say, hey, listen, my understanding here, this is the number one contenders match. That was my understanding a title match, for goodness sakes. The winner goes into Islam. You're gonna have a completely different conversation with Poirier remaining south, Because see, you'll see guys that do this sometimes. You'll get the right answers from Chael. but every now and then it doesn't play out the way that Chael said. Well, you're not taking it into consideration. So many times you will default and fall to somebody that you never wanted, but you end up here because these two other guys bombed, right? I mean, you do a sandhag and you're not gonna get the match. They were real interested in giving Marab a match against Sterling. And that was two fights ago. That was the night that Marab beat Jose Aldo. Oh, you go in the ring and you say, you don't want the fight. It's, it, it's a different thing. So I would just bring that to your attention. As you're starting to wonder if Charles is going to be the number one contender, if you've got to make a bet right now, guys, gun to your head, you, take that. Take that. That's most likely what's going to happen. But if Gaethje is to win and Charles is to win, which is what Gaethje said, Gaethje believes he gets the nod. Head-to-head competition is going to matter. They met head-to-head. That would put Oliveira a little bit in front. But, they win over Poirier, BMF title. It's a real interesting spot. It's a real interesting spot to keep open for Gaethje because you also have the idea that Gaethje is into it. We don't know if Poirier is. If I hold this and I make this the number one contender bout and Poirier wins, Poirier, are you going to show up in October and fight Islam? I mean, right, those, but those questions have to be answered. This is all part of it. So step one, keep Poirier quiet. Step two for Oliveira, make sure you can answer the question. Charles versus Islam part two, what is going to be different. Olivera spoke up. Boy, did they cut a promo. They're talking about if he rematched about to Olivera. Rematches with Islam. How it's going to be different that he's proven it, that he's shown it, that he's got the hunger, that he came back. Went after Benny like he was fired out of a cannon. Now, why do I like that? I like it because there's not a word of it that's true. And you fell for it. You just watched him fight Bennett. You just saw that with your own eyes. You don't have any idea what happened in that fight. Oh, yes, I do, Chael. I know exactly what happened. Okay, great. Who landed more right hands? Who landed more left hands? I mean, you got a couple of arms and a couple of legs, so I'm going to who landed more hands? Who landed more kicks? How many outside leg kicks did Benny land? How many did he defend? You get the foggiest idea, any of those things. And that's just why I like it. I have heard, and this is coming from media too, about how Olivera proved, how Oliveira showed. And then I hear the, the, the mean stuff too, which just always happens when you've got some stud he finally gets beat. They all finally get beat. Benny, never that good to start with, right? You guys have seen that too. And maybe you've you've even voiced it. Now, the reality of what you saw is had Benny not been knocked out and they stopped the fight at that moment, Benny would have won. That was not an Oliveira ass kicking. That wasn't Oliveira controlling range and pushing the pace and, and Benny out of it. Benny was winning the fight. I get that not a lot happened. I'm not suggesting it did. But if you're suggesting he was fired out of a cannon and reminded the whole world, I'm not going to tell you you're wrong. I'm going to tell you good job. That's exactly what you do. That's exactly how you handle these things. And I don't usually see them get it right. I appreciated that they got it right. They are in a fight right now. They're in a fight to go out there and get a number one contendership. That hasn't been given to them. Now, guys, it takes me about 40 minutes to get these things edited and turned around to you guys. And I only say that because there's allegedly a matchmaker meeting going on right now. So you might get a tweet somewhere, and, and this has changed somewhere in the next 40 minutes. But I do want to make this point to you because there's still ways to handle things. And if things go your way, you're never going to understand that. I had a teammate. Oh, I love this guy. I got to protect his name. He doesn't always like when I talk about him. But I, I looked up to him. And he made all sorts of money. Oh my God, this guy was making money. He did everything wrong. He could not provoke a fight. He could not bring interest. He could not cut a promo, but he also didn't even understand why you would. He has no idea why you would have to be able to do an interview to make money because it's not what happened with him. It's not that way at all. And he made tons of it. Chuck Liddell had a very hard time with the entertainment era. And I know for a period of time, he held it against me directly. I don't know, I don't know that it still is. I think Chuck and I are fine. I like Chuck. I, ho- I hope he likes me. He was very nice to my mother one time. Very nice to my mother in a green room. I like Chuck, but he doesn't like that about me. He doesn't like the entertainment era. He doesn't like what I left behind. And the reason for it is he missed it. He missed the entertainment era. He didn't have to do any of those things. And was able to sell out arenas and be the biggest pay-per-view draw and make stacks of money, right? So it's one of those things where it can be a little bit difficult to convince somebody. And I share that with you because sometimes it goes Chuck's way. Sometimes it goes my teammates' way. And all these things are here, even though you're not doing it the way that you're supposed to go. Sometimes you'll become a number one contender. But it's not because you earned it or you did something or you did everything right. It's because the two other guys we're looking at bombed. They screwed it up. Jamal Hill just be a great example because it's the most recent. Jamal Hill did not train for a world title fight. He didn't sign a contract for a world title fight. And it wasn't announced he was doing a world title fight because he wasn't. Wasn't even considered. In fact, the match that he was supposed to do, he was never mentioned for number one contendership. His opponent, Lionheart, said, if I beat Jamal, I will be the number one contender. And a lot of people listened. But nobody in any make-believe universe said that that was going to go both ways. Jamal was not only not discussed for a world title fight, he wasn't one step away. He wasn't even a number one contenders match. He is now the world champion. How did that happen? Right? How did that happen? So I'm going to Charles Albert. And he has a fight that we believe is the number one contender's fight. He won the fight. He finished the fight. Everything right. Where got, you got to finish a guy. And you, know, you He did. He did it all. He wasn't named the number one contender. Now, the match that is being looked at to ruin the party here for Oliveira is not only a period of time away, but it's with two guys that have one thing in common, which is they both got finished by Charles Oliveira. So, on one hand, we have Oliveira's team reworking what happened on Saturday. For what little match that was, Benny was winning it. We've They've reworked it, which was very smart of them to do. And you guys fell for it, by the way. They reworked it. But when you have an actual case of reality, which is I'm being potentially glossed over for Gaethje, who I I, I submitted right after I knocked him out, and Poirier, who I submitted faster than Khabib did. The only two things these guys have in common, the reason they're fighting for the BMF belt and not the Undisputed belt is because I smoked them both and I'm going to go fight for the BMF belt. That would just be true. That would just be the truth. And if you're in Oliveira's spot and you don't understand crystal clear that you are in a dogfight right now, if you don't understand the problems that you have with going out and beating Benny, by the way, not getting damaged, by the way, finishing him, by the way, fast, and you're still not named the number one contender for two guys that you finish. I mean, do you not see the problem? Do you not see where you need to wake up and you need to be aware? Now, I don't think that he is. And moreover, I think that Charles is going to get the fight. So it's just going to be one of those situations, right? How would I ever convince Charles this is what you need to do? When he doesn't do it, it all keeps going his way. It's a tough spot. It's an interesting position. But for a guy whose team has reworked reality from three days, for them to not then use the benefits of reality and his own resume, for me is weird. Islam says the BMF belt is for bombs. He said, I don't want it. Right, there's there's a little bit of talk that Charles Oliveira isn't the heir apparent to be the number one contender, but that the BMF match, Gaichi versus Poirier, is going to be looked at and possibly the winner. That becomes the number one contender. So that's who Islam was referencing. Said they shouldn't be giving him a belt. I got the only title here. You you went after the two wrong guys to start with. Oh, and by the way, if one of them gets propelled from this and shows up to our match and thinks he's going to put that title up, he's not. His title's not on the line. I'm going to beat him But I don't want the belt. Let him have whatever that little fake belt is. I'm doing my best to copy Islam here. It was very powerful. I like it when Islam goes heel. I like it when Islam goes angry. I like it when Islam's saying there's too many black belts and some of these should be taken away. I mean, I like it when he's a bit of a jerk about it. There's an arrogance that you just don't always get from the Dagestan guys. I really like it. I find it refreshing. I think it's fun. But that belt's important, guys. And I got to tell you, I had a gal. Okay. And you guys will all be able to relate to this. But I had a gal. And we had history together and I could see her paper. She knew I could see her paper. And we were even friends. She had a four point. I was struggling in history. And she didn't love it when somebody would copy off her paper. She let me do it. Every time she put it so that I could see. But she didn't She didn't like it. And I even had to talk to a very good friend of mine. But I said... What do you care? If you're getting the grade that you want, what do you care if I also do? And there might be an answer to that, guys. I wasn't in the other spot. I wasn't the one that that had mastered it and was, was sharing with somebody else. I I I was the moocher trying to 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 leech on and could be part of this. So, I but I bring that to you because. I feel as though I wouldn't care. If I had what I'm after, what I'm trying to get, I don't feel as though I would care if somebody else also did. Did you guys ever watch The Apprentice? Apprentice was a very fun television show at one point because it was real. There was actually a job that you're going to. But on the very first season ever, they make it into the finals, right? It's it's it's, it's uh, Stefan Bonner versus Forrest Griffin. It's exactly what it is. And the gentleman that wins, Trump then, Throughout what almost everybody that comes down to two does at any walk in life, which is why don't we show some kindness and give it to them as well? You did great, but they're also a real talent, and why don't we get them both? And the gentleman who won said, Absolutely not. This is not to imprint imp- 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 I. See, the apprentice, there's one. Pick one. And I only bring that to you because. I think that he made a fair point, but nothing was going to change for him. He got the contract. He got the job. He got the opportunity. So why can't Stefan Bonner come along as well? I just don't understand from that mindset. But I feel like that's always happening, guys. We will have an undisputed champion who can't fight for whatever reason, come hook or crook, and they put up an interim championship. And then he'll come out and tell me it's a fake belt and it doesn't count. And what are they doing this for? And I think that he's been disrespected. Why have you been disrespected? If you got the undisputed belt and they take the undisputed belt, go ahead and be pissed off. If they let you keep the undisputed belt, but now they have another belt called an interim championship, why are you upset? And I don't know. But then again, I admit for you, I'm only come from one side of this. I'm the guy that was hoping to get the answers, not the one that had them. So maybe it's different but it seems very petty to me. And someone like Islam, who had a very hard time getting to where he's at, I mean, if Khabib is still fighting, Islam's still on the undercard. We don't need an Islam Makhlchev if we have a Khabib Nurmagomedov, I mean, but that, that's real. Khabib was trying to lift him and pull him up. It's never going to happen while you're still here and in the weight class. So. I mean, what was Islam, guys? Fifteen and one before he got his title shot. I think he, i think he's sixteen and one now. And that one's a little right, but that's a lot of matches before you can get to a main event, at least until a main event of a pay per view. Do you get a world title fight? I would just think that he would really appreciate opportunity and see how hard it is to come by. I will tell you, if I was the king of a division, I will look after that division always. I will make sure that we're at press conferences. I will make sure that our rankings get seen. I will make sure our top contenders are heard from. I will do my best to spread the money around. I mean, it's just one of these things. I will look after that division. I will care and I will nourish it. So I put myself in that spot. Again, I'm copier or not copied. Maybe I got something off here. If I'm the king of a division and I hear that they're going to do a nether belt, which comes with all the glamour, I'm going to fight like hell to make sure it's in my division. I'm going to fight like hell to make sure that that comes to my division. team of opportunity to those guys, sure. And is there a self-serving side where maybe you match up with them and you got belt versus belt, the Hogan versus where? Sure, sure. But I'm going to come and I'm going to look after. It. And, and I just feel as though we're seeing that the opposite way. you get a champion, they want to do an interim championship. Take it, do it somewhere else. They, well, why? Why would I not do it? Ter- why would I not do it with these guys? Your locker room, you guys, peers, same goal, same time. Going to build memories together. Why, why wouldn't you want it done there? I don't know the answer to that. And I don't believe that Islam has a hard time with the concept of the BMF. I believe it has a hard time with the concept of there being another champion within his weight class. That's what I believe. That BMF, it's important. I wish that they would do more. I wish they were praised more for their creativity. It's a beautiful belt. It's only been contested once. And it sold out Madison Square Garden. The leader of the free world and Dwayne Johnson. I mean, right, not for nothing. It was a big event. It was a really big event. And I don't know that Mosvral versus Diaz does that. That would have been pretty sought after for sure. But I don't know that it does that. I don't know that it has that special energy. I don't know that Sports Center, I don't know if the Dan Levitards of the world really would focus on it if that title wasn't there. It's really important. It's very special. And there's a lot that comes with it, an opportunity in this space that's hard to come by. I mean, you know what? I would have I would be hurt. I'd have my heart broken. Is that that's an exaggeration, right? Imagine Gates Your Puri wins the belt and they take it off and they throw it down. This is a fake belt. I don't want it. Imagine that they did that. And guys have done that in the past. They they don't care about the belt. They love the belt. I mean, they have somebody pick it up and bring it in the back. It's on their mantle today. But they're trying to tell a story in that moment. Had guys take that interim belt off and throw it down. This this is a piece of tin. Then, of course, their trainer picks it up and they take it home. They put it on the mantle. But but they're trying to tell you a story and at some level of bravado. So you think. A lack of gratitude. That's what it really is. Piero versus Adesanya part, where are we at, guys? 13? 15, 20, 20? uh, you, You get my point. What do you guys think of that? I don't know if there's anything about Izzy Adesanya that I don't appreciate. I, mean, I actually, I actually, I feel we owe him a thank you. Considering everybody else is going to charge us the same amount of money for the same amount of our time, but they don't all give us the same amount of entertainment. When he comes out dancing to the ring, he comes out as the undertaker. I'm not really, I, thank you, thank you. And I think I think we owe him a thank you. And one thing about him is he can keep a grudge. He has not let this go with Alex Piero. This was a damning moment that you have all glossed over. This was a damning moment when Israel Adesanya teased a child. He made fun of a child. You're not coming back from that. Your sponsors are done. It's a big deal. Well, unless, of course, if you admit it and say you were glad that you did it said that, yeah, it was petty, but he had done this to me many years ago. Then all of a sudden, no one ever even talks about it again. I mean, this is how good Izzy is. Oh, and by the way, that's how real the grudge is. So now Pierre is in a weird spot because Pierre would like that fight or he would like to move on with his life and not even have to deal with Izzy again. But he doesn't know how to do it. He He doesn't quite know how to operate that. And Izzy picks up, so he likes to pick a little bit back. Then every now and then, Pierre will put a little bit of an olive branch down. Hey, we're part of each other's past, and I'm better because of him, and he's better because of me. Like, he'll he'll do something like that, just hoping that Izzy picks up on it and goes, yeah, man, right on. Bygones are bygones. But Izzy never does it. <laughs> Izzy never meets him. He never meets him halfway. So then poor Alex has to go back to the whole, oh, I beat him more times than he's beat me. I mean, it just turns into one of these things. But now they're talking about it. And I'm just bringing this to your attention. Because Izzy said, look, we're never going to fight again unless he wins the belt at 205. And he wins the belt at 205. There's a lot of Sonya talking about Alex saying, I think they're going to fast track him. Same as they did me. I believe, Izzy speaking. If Alex beats Blahovitz, Alex will then go right for the title with Jamal. And if he beats Jamal, I will go up and I will challenge him. But is that what you guys want? Would that be be a cool thing? And I will tell you now, even though Israel Adesanya has picked all of his own opponents and he has steered his career better than anybody in the organization's history, he's not getting that fight. And the problem with that fight, aside from the fact of just simply how many times are we going to do it? If they go out and fight, what are they fighting for? Okay, the, the title. Well, they, they fought for titles multiple times. Oh, it's a 205-pound title? Okay, great. Who's supposed to know that? Who here knows that? Oh, 15% of the hardcore fans? Okay, great. Well, is that meaningfully different? No, it's basically the same thing. Okay, why are we doing this? Are we doing it to even the score? Let Izzy go out, man. Izzy gets a little bit closer, and now the score is even because your math is off, and it wouldn't be even, and you'd have to do it again. It would have to go opposite. I mean, right? It's a mess. It's a mess. And why you couldn't tell me a light heavyweight fight that you'd rather see? Why you couldn't even come close to telling me a light heavyweight fight that you'd rather see than Izzy versus Pierre? The problem. We have got to stop to a screeching halt. We have to. Stop, guys, from going up and keeping a belt down here. And I will be very curious. Volkanovski is going to have to burn some calories with Uriah Rodriguez, but set that aside and let's say he does get his hand raised. I will be very curious if Volk goes up and challenges Makhlachev And keeps the 45-pound title because it's the only thing that stopped him from beating Maklachev. The only thing that prevented him was keeping that belt and going up. And Israel Adesanya is in a very similar spot. I know he had some takedowns. He had some size. I I realize there was some physicality with his fight with Blahovitz, But the biggest thing was the fact that it didn't matter. If I win tonight, I'm the world champion when I wake up tomorrow. If I lose tonight, I'm the world champion when I wake up tomorrow. If I win tonight, my next fight will be a main event on a pay per view for a whole bunch of money. If I lose tonight, my next fight will be a main event on a pay per view for a whole bunch of money. It was one of these really peculiar spots. And I think that's what's going to stop it. If Izzy gets in that spot and he's willing to relinquish, not only would he relinquish his he, he's vows, he's not going to return, this is now my weight. And there can't be two of us, which means one of us is likely walking. There's It's that important. It's that big. I think you're having a different conversation. And though that fight would be very appealing. I mean, that, that fight's just going to work, right? Particularly at 205. I mean, it's just that fight's just going to work. Izzy's going to build that bigger in hell like he already is. He's trying to not build it. And he's it's just, it's one of those things. It's one of those things. But if you're going to take that risk and you're going to go up, I'm going to push back. And I'm going to say, I I know you want the story told that way. You want the story told that you're taking a risk and you're going up. But the reality is, is you've got some real comforts and some real protections. That's the real reality. There's a lot on the opponent who's got to take on a smaller guy, but there's not a lot on you. And until you're ready to burn your ships... I would like to see a bit more resistance given to the idea that a smaller guy can move up. Jamal Hill just did an interview. I want to back you guys up. First time I ever saw a Jamal Hill fight, COVID, pandemic apex, no audience. And I remember sitting in this chair, and I remember talking to you guys after the fight. I remember what I said, and I said, I can't imagine that I could like this guy anymore. And at that point with Jamal Hill, I'm not talking about world champion. I'm not talking about household name. I'm not talking about a a main event pay-per-view draw. I'm talking about a tall, skinny kid who apparently used to play basketball, that's now doing some cage fighting, but he's got a little cool swagger to him. He's always got something kind of cool to say, just looks like an interesting guy. He also looks a lot like a basketball player. And I only bring you this because now you all know who Jamal Hill is, but you didn't, you didn't then, my video, by example, it bombed. I put Jamal Hill on the uh, thumbnail, you guys didn't click on it, because you didn't know who he was. I mean, he might have even been his debut. For sure was his debut on television. Now, make no mistake, Jamal Hill is the most unpolished champion in the organization. Jamal Hill is the most unpolished champion in the sport. Jamal Hill is the most unpolished champion of the modern era. Are you ready for that? Now, does that sound like I just insulted him? Because I did not. At all. I used to do these uh, on Ty Tuya And I tell you guys how green he was. He said, man, this man, this guy's not a black belt anywhere. Tai Tuya is knocking guys out got a big win over Derek Lewis, who was the number one contender on multiple occasions. Voss is out there just on heart. Man, he was a modern-day tank app, but just out there fighting. When I talked about he was a, a blue belt, that he was rough around the edges, it was meant as a compliment because that growing curve is so big. And fighters and athletes, you guys all know exactly what I mean. When you first get into something, the, the ground that you can cover in a very short period of time, Right, The ground that you will cover in your first four years. You could go another 14 years and you won't cover a quarter of that ground. So when I talk about a guy, being raw, two of us just by example. Not having a black belt anywhere. Not even having a brown belt anywhere. But he's ranked number four in the world. I am bragging about a guy. I am talking about, whoa, you've got potential. Exonified. He's already ranked number four. I say that same thing about Jamal Hill. Now that's changing. That is changing rapidly. Jamal Hill, whether he wants to give a thank you and credit or not, but owes a lot to Paul Craig. He really does. Jamal has not been the same since that fight, and and many guys in history, they will go down. You'll have something happen like that. You'll be scared to death, right? Boxers, we see it all the time. When the guy gets knocked down, now he gets knocked down all the time. He's never been knocked down. He gets knocked out. Now he just gets knocked out all the time, right? We see this. It's the same thing for grappling. I mean, it's the same thing about having a, uh, attentiveness. It's the same thing about having flashbacks of yesterday. It's the same thing about having negative thoughts reinforced. But some guys use it as a springboard. It's rare. Jamal Hill is one of those guys. He used it as a springboard. Jamal Hill really does. If you, if you follow his career, and he's to be fair, he, he owes a lot to that night he owes uh, owes a lot to that round. He owes uh, owes a lot to the experience he had with Paul Craig. I'll stand by that. Now, Jamal is saying, okay, I watched this interview. He'll fight anybody. Next man up. Bring me anybody. Give me a name. I don't care what the name, just get me in there. I don't want to wait. And I believe him. I've heard those same things countless times over the years. I'll hear that same thing said by somebody else in the next three weeks. Not maybe for sure. It's a dull and boring line. It's different coming from him. It's different coming from the world champion, who to get to the world championship, took out a guy who's two degrees of separation from taking about every guy to ever do it at light heavyweight, right? I mean, you go think about that. You're two two degrees of separation with Glover Teixeira away from every meaningful light heavyweight in history, and Hill didn't have all that hard of a time, and he didn't have a lot of time to prepare, and he didn't know he was going to a five-round fight, and he went into enemy territory to do it. I mean, not for nothing, there was a few things against Hill that night, and he still really looked like something special. Now, I don't think he wants to wait, right? The most beautiful thing you could ever hope for. When you get into fighting and you think about from a career standpoint, right? I'm not talking about the intrinsic value, I'm not talking about what that hardware and what those rankings and what some of those clippings mean. I'm talking about if you have the dream from a financial standpoint that I can put everything on hold to really focus on this. And by the way, I'm not going to need this big, beautiful resume a few years from now because this is going to take me the rest of the way. But to have that dream, if you understand the business, you must have a participation in the pay per view. And you must meet your thresholds. It's, it's the only way. Anyone that you've ever heard of that's retired from the sport, Ronda Rousey, George St. Pierre, right, Conor McGregor, maybe not the retired. Thing, but you, you get my point. Everybody. Chuck Liddell, Brock Lesnar, Randy Couture. I mean, I, I could go on. Khabib Nurmagomedov. Anybody who's ever been able to retire from the sport and actually have a, a, a retirement got to participate. In pay-per-view, it's it's an important detail that you understand because Jamal's never been in that spot. This next one will be his fight. He has not had his million-dollar fight yet. If you think he's a million dollars because he won that, you're not understanding. He's got to go out there and defend it. Now, he doesn't have to win the defense, by the way. He's just got to go out there and defend it, and it really is life-changing. Leon just went through this. The night the head kick was hurt, hurt around the world, he became champion of the world. He became a star. He did not become from a financial standpoint, what he wanted. And he went out there and defended it, his case successfully, which means he will get to do it again at least one more time. That's your life-changing moment. So when Jamal comes out and he's talking about, give me anybody, next man up, I'm tired of waiting. I really believe him, but I also feel like we should listen to him. That doesn't seem like an irregular or unreasonable request. And If you you do something, you're going to want something back. It doesn't need to be discussed. You guys hear all the time, quid quo pro, that's a terrible thing. If you're working with someone that doesn't have quid quo pro, don't work with that guy. You don't have to have the conversations. I do, you do. It's back and forth, right? but it's very relevant because look at what Jamal did. He was supposed to fight Lionheart. Now, it was a promotion. He was lower on the card. He went to main event. Lionheart, arguably number one contender's match, right into the world title fight. I mean, I do get where it was an upgrade, but it put a lot of stress on him. It broke up the fight that he thought he had, put him with what the Rankins would say was a much more difficult fight that he wasn't prepared for in five rounds in a high-pressure situation as opposed to three rounds in a lower placement on the card. Jamal did some stuff. He did. You bet. And he did it really well. And he did it really successfully. And if all he's asking for back is for a match, that's reasonable. We all agree, right? But he said, I'm tired of waiting on Prohaska. He said, I don't know what's going on with Prohaska, but I'm tired of waiting on him. I don't have any guarantee. I don't even have a rough date. We're waiting on him as he's hurt. He's not hurt. That was the most interesting part of the interview. Where did that come from? I haven't heard about Prohaska from anybody in a position that matters in a meaningful period of time. I hear myself guessing, putting out hypotheses with ProHoska, but I didn't have anybody that matters. And this is the champion of the division who, when ProHoska returns, he will return against the champion of the division, saying, I'm tired of waiting on ProHoska. You're tired of waiting on Prohaska." T- time out. We've never been told as a community that you and ProHoska are getting matched up. Now, we started to kind of look at the field and we started to guess that. Uncle Lye was a name that that, that mattered at one point. All of a sudden, he's gone. Alex Pierre is a name that didn't matter at all, at least within that division. Now, he's going to take on Jan, and Jan is great. He's a lot older than you guys think, just so you know. Like There is no promoter on earth that's in a hurry to get Jan back into a title fight. It's just a tough part of his career going to have to do it the hard way, but he's in a division where guys have done it the hard way, i.e. Glover Teixeira. So I'm just sharing with you, like there does appear to be some moving parts, but nobody has actually told us that Prohaska is coming back, that Prohaska is close to return, and that Prohaska can go in there against Jamal. And I have a lot of questions as it pertains to Prohaska. Prohaska is a clean athlete. I want to start with that you start speculating about guys' usage, you start speculating against USADA, people don't listen to your whole thing. He's a clean athlete. And you guys know my ability to look at somebody and know he's a clean athlete. What's going on there? USADA does not think he's a clean athlete. They tested him 22 times in 27 days. And don't correct me on my numbers. It could have been 25 times in 29 days. You get my point. It is the most any of us have ever heard. The most of any of us have ever heard up until that point is Usada coming back to back days. For an athlete, they'll, they'll come on Tuesday, but then they'll show up on Wednesday again. We've never heard about ever even heard about Usada then coming back on Thursday, Friday and Saturday. We've never heard of it. So they think he's dirty. They think they're going to get him. All of a sudden, he's gone. And it wasn't a matter of we're going to do an interim championship, they stripped the belt off of him. They took it back. This belt that you're seeing that Jamal's got, that's the real title. I mean, that's the undisputed title. I'm just letting you know. And there has always been a real push and pull in our community that that Prohaska relinquished the belt as opposed to them taking the belt. I I don't really know what what you're doing there because I'm not doing anything other than telling you what happened. You're telling me some rumor. You're telling me something you heard. I'm telling you what happened, but it's relevant that you know what happened. Why? Well, if they took the belt off of him, that would tell us, at least to guess, that he's done. In fact, they came out and said it was the worst shoulder injury they had ever seen, but they didn't wait any time. It's one week after this injury, they pulled the belt off of him. Well, if you pull a belt off a guy, which shows you don't think he's going to come back because you didn't interim it. If you didn't think he was coming back, then did he fall into the category of retired? And that would be a very interesting thing to know, right? There's many a slip between a cup and a lip. All he has to do is use that word one time and he's removed from the pool or they removed it from the pool because they said they dropped it. You, 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 you just took his belt away. Why would you not release him? Right? I never heard that this happened. I'm not sharing for you it did. I'm asking you a question because we've got the champion of the world in Jamal Hill that doesn't know what's going on with Prohaska. You've got Prohaska wanting to play nice with somebody. Nobody goes down like this and doesn't raise a fuss. It doesn't matter what a good sport or a samurai you are. You take a guy's belt, his livelihood, you you, you take his identity, he comes back with a fight. Unless there's somebody he doesn't want to piss off. Unless there's a real good reason to go bury your head in the sand. You're getting this from a guy who's buried his head in the sand. You got another time to do it. So if he was removed from the pool, which if they took his belt, why, why would you not? Why would you not remove him from the pool, particularly if he's getting tested 22 times in 27 days? There's something going on. Now, I can tell you right now, Prochaska's not using. But not using and not being suspected of, it's it's a different thing, and it's very relevant because if he left just to not have to deal with the headache, how would you like to be t- uh, 22 times? You got to let him know where you are nonstop. Oh, and by the way, you're out. They took your belt, your strip. I'm sharing for you because... This would help us to guess what is going on with Prochaska. If he was removed from the pool, even for a day, just so you understand, he would then fall into the exact same clause that Conor McGregor falls into. And though that clause is heavily debatable, it would at least answer some of the questions. So if we don't know anything about Prochaska, we can't seem to get a hold of Prohaska. his managers, his trainers, his mother herself do not want to come and speak. What do we do? Who can we ask these questions of? And I believe that there is a database. I believe there's a pool. I've heard people reference it before. And the first thing that you need to check is if Prohaska's in the pool. If you can gather that information, do one further step of research and see if Prohaska, from the time that he was stripped until present, ever left the pool. go into a room, guys. I I never walk into a room in my life where I don't look around and ask myself, am I the most powerful guy in this room? And there's times the answer has been no. I didn't like those times, but I do ask the question. And I'll just share with you, if you ever go into a meeting like this and you're in over your head and you know you're in over the head, don't say a word. And I don't mean if somebody comes to you and says hello, you don't say hello back, right? Don't take it in a little step. But don't don't say a word. Don't ask a question. Don't reveal anything. Don't reveal that you don't know. Sit there. And there are people that might think, well, that's a dumb guy. Everybody talked but him. He must be dumb. No, if that guy was dumb, he would have talked. And he would have let you know that he doesn't know. There's a real power in it the information that you give. Look, if you guys have a boss, don't tell him everything. Not about your personal life. Don't come in and tell your boss that's working you to death that you just bought a truck or you just bought a house. Then he knows he's got you. You can't go anywhere. You got a truck payment. (laughs) You can't go anywhere. You got a house payment. And I'm just sharing for you. There's information that you need to keep. Business is not just making sure that you have a good or a service and making sure that your profits exceed your expenditures. I mean, that would be a really quick version of it, but another part of business is protecting information. I've been surprised at how little traction Deontay Wilder going after Francis on live television Brought. I loved it. I loved everybody in that shot. I loved George Greenberg for setting it up. And Deontay Wilder stole the show. He stole the show. And no one talked about it. Francis didn't talk about it. PFL didn't come and talk about it. They did not come out and hint that they just did it. It died. Why? And I'm wondering that. But I but I asked myself those questions. That's interesting for me. Why did that? Die? Why did that not go anywhere? Why, when Conor McGregor told Ariel Helwani at a sit-down in England that he was going to beat Floyd Mayweather and he was going to beat him because of how big his hand is, and Floyd can't hurt him because of how small his hand is, I've never heard of such things in my life. But boy, Conor sounded confident when he said it. It made me interested. I wouldn't even know. I wouldn't even know where to check. I don't know who's got the bigger hands, or I mean, I am southpaw orthodox. I don't know anything about it. But I wouldn't even think to who's got the longer reach. How how do we know? I I just look down and I go, you actually measure? I've never done. Nobody's ever measured my arm. Has anybody measured yours? It's weird. But Connor said that his circumference was bigger than Floyd's. He crushed him because of that. It was really interesting. That's all I'm saying. It was really interesting. So I'll go back and I'll see, how did that turn in to a quarter billion dollars in business? And this can't get a headline. And. To understand this concept, guys, okay? Because right now, you're not a bad guy, You're a bad guy university. I am going to teach you a massive lesson. But to understand this concept, I think perhaps it would be helpful to understand the timeline here. And the timeline is very relevant. When Francis Zangano is looking around for a home, for the numbers that Francis needed to be at all competitive with the numbers that Francis already turned down, Whatever organization he went to must have a pay-per-view arm. They must. Everybody will be capped. The only one where there's no ceiling is participation in a pay-per-view. So now you gotta start with an organization that has it. I bring that too because then the PFL comes out and they've got it. Oh, and by the way, it was Jake Paul that did this. Jake Paul's being credited for partnering with them, and that Jake Paul says that he's going to fight MMA on the pay-per-view for the PFL. And Jake Paul, all of the same thing, all of the same vignette, challenged Nate Diaz, and he had an idea that we do it twice. We do it in boxing, and then we do it in MMA. So right after that, is where Francis then came to Deontay with a, hey, let's do both. And it's where Deontay came to Francis, hey, let's do both. They heard an idea by Jake Paul that they liked and they stole the idea. There's nothing new about that. But I'm reminding you of this because Deontay's idea didn't go anywhere. Jake Paul is scheduled to fight Nate Diaz. So, What I want you to understand when I talk to you about preserving information, when I talk to you about staying quiet and protecting information, Jake Paul suggested that he and Diaz fight twice. Diaz apparently has said no. Not only that, we're just going to do the one that you like. Does that sound right to you guys? Do you think that's how that conversation went? Jake Paul tells the world, I'll fight you in both. In a two-fight deal for a gobble money, and Nate comes in and says, No deal, I want the one that's really bad for me and really helpful for you at a weight class I haven't been in in a jurisdiction that's taking my medicine away. That's what I does that sound right to you? Or would it sound more right if you got men together that realized The story's not very good if we're going to do both because what we're really telling people is you are going to win this one and I am going to win this one and we leave here dead effing even. And we both know this to the extent that I want the one that's going to go my way to be the last thing that they see. I mean, right, it's a very transparent an obvious play when you book both, that you both are telling the world. Not only, you're not only saying I can beat you here. You're saying I cannot beat you here. And that's a tough sell. So let's just say that you had guys like that. And this, it was Paramount. Deontay will come over. He'll do the Francis thing, but make no mistake. I'm gonna come do you a solid, but you got to come into mine. you got to give me a chance to get that one back. Okay, great. Oh, hey, by the way, guys, don't tell anyone this. Let's just tell people what they need to know, which is you two are going to box on this date. Don't tell them anything else. Now, we all agree, and we can even put pen to paper here in private bout agreements and LOIs that we're then going to go and do the other sport. We can put the fee and the amount. We can put all of these things in. Let's not reveal. Let's put a moratorium on that. And it is the one significant difference. You had Deontay Wilder. And I got to tell I loved it. I thought Deontay did a great job. I thought he looked cool in that white shirt. Man, he was looking buff and angry. He's got the jaw. I was into it. Deontay was popping. But it didn't go anywhere. I was the only one that liked it. I'm the only one that talked about it. That surprised me. Even internally, they did it. They didn't like it. Well, what is the difference? He stole the idea from Paul. And apparently, he stole a good idea. That's what you do with good ideas, right? You see other people and and you take them. Paul's got the fight. He did everything that Paul did, but Paul's got the fight. He doesn't have a fight. And I suggest for you that Paul's proposal of you come box me and I fight you in MMA, I submit for you, was agreed to. I submit for you that option and activation. Is in place. And there's times that you want to use it, right? If Nate goes out there and beats Paul in boxing, we don't need to go and do MMA. We're not going to go and do MMA. Do you see where it's different? You see, you see how you you can still get the agreements done? And that would be the biggest thing. If if Deontay and Francis wanted to do this, they can go into a closed room and they can get the guaranteed rematch clause. It happens all the time. But if they want to get if they want to get the deal done, they've got to control what information they give to the public. How big of a hurry are you going to be to buy a fight that these two already know the result to? Oh, and by the way, if you don't, if you happen to miss it, you're doing something. You can just get the next one because it's coming. Do you see the difference? Do you see where it's a massive problem. Ultimate Warrior has paid $3 million to return to wrestling in the 90s. He returns to wrestling. He squares off with Hulk Hogan. Now, they had the biggest match of all time, and it happened in, I believe, 88. If I'm wrong, it was in 89. Call it 10 years later, Warrior returns. But people don't know that that match happened. it was a long time ago. I was in the sixth grade. I did know, but a lot of people don't, and the fans change very quickly. So when Warrior is standing toe-to-toe with Hogan, and he's he's attempting to build what they're doing that he was paid $3 million to do on a pay-per-view at another date, and he tells the audience, we already did this once, and I beat you. You just killed it. As soon as you told him the outcome, you just killed it. You could talk about your heat, your rivalry, your back and forth, what you guys weighed, how you were training, who your valet was what your mother made you for breakfast that day. You can't talk about the outcome in an event that is predetermined like wrestling and is only predicated on the outcome. And I just I just bring that for you. I've studied this. Jake Paul did to Nate Diaz exactly what Deontay did to Francis. Jake Paul got the fight. Deontay and Francis didn't even get a headline. And the one thing is different is that somewhere along the way, Paul realized it's not helpful to give the audience all the information at once. I'm not doing two on sales. I don't have two venues. There isn't two different dates. There's one. Let's put all of our focus on one. And I don't think it's too late. I mean, there's dialogue out here about John Jones and Tyson Fury. I suggest for you that when they get together you can work those contracts out whatever it is that you need you can work those out but when you come and tell the audience you don't owe us all the information all at once all right guys that's it for today's episode thank you for listening and i want to ask all of you to please do me a favor by following this podcast on spotify and apple Thank you. Enjoy the fights on Saturday, guys, and come back on Tuesday to hear me break it all down. Until then, I'm Chael Sonnen, and you are welcome.